Hello and welcome to another episode of the PD Performance Podcast. Today's episode of the podcast is a conversation with Neve Kelly of the Adelaide Crows and formerly of Mayo Football. So we had a big chat about their season last year, her off-season and her hopes for next season in 2024. We also talked about how she reflects on her time with Mayo and what she would do differently this time around. And we talked a lot about life in Australia and her newfound confidence that she's got in the last year after getting a position on the Australian Team of the Year. So, great episode for you guys today. Hopefully you all enjoy it. And if you do enjoy it, please remember to like it, share it and send it. Neve, welcome to the PD Performance Podcast. Great to have you on. We're just chatting there about off-season plans and getting your Irish fix. How long did you go home for and did you enjoy it? Cheers and thanks for having me on, Pete. Um, yeah, so I went home for about a month. Um, yeah, it was really nice to get home and refresh after the season and see everyone at home and stuff like that again. And there's no better time than being at home for Christmas. So um, yeah, it was really nice. And yeah, just came back out, um, had a week in Adelaide before moving to Sydney for a bit. And myself and Dara, my, my boyfriend, were up here for, for two months. So go back down to Adelaide then at the end of March to get back into group training. So that'll be fun. And while Dara's working, as you said, what have you been up to in Sydney? Are you enjoying holiday lifestyle or is it very much the life of a professional athlete and you're still doing a little bit of training on the side? Yeah, I've actually never really been up to Sydney before. So it's been really nice to explore and a good few of my friends and stuff are up here as well. Um, but we've actually just moved into a house in Randwick where um, the the guy that owns the house actually is Johnny. He's um, a strength and conditioning coach. So I'm flat out training in his gym. He's got the garage um or the gym um, kitted out there in the garage. So it's actually great to have that and yeah, just meet up with the girls and stuff like that as well. And um, yeah, full on just to kind of do my own training here as well that Adelaide have given me. So um, yeah, it's really nice to have the break, I suppose, and, and get the Irish fix. But um, really looking forward to getting back to and getting back into the, the group training too. And then last night you were at an NBL game, were you? Basketball. And you were with Julian Paris and we were just speaking earlier you're going for a kick with the girls at the weekend it seems like there's a decent little Irish community of AFLW players together out here do you ever get the chance to train together in the off season or is it something that maybe is going to be a bit novel for you yeah um yeah I just met Julie and um Paris there last week actually lovely girls and you know really young girls and just they're like sponges um they're really enjoying like their first year and and everything like that so yeah we you know we went to the basketball game together then yesterday and we'll meet them at the weekend but um yeah I suppose we never really get a chance to to train with I suppose other Irish in the off season unless you're I suppose near them and you might go out for a kick with them but um I suppose now that I'm up in Sydney and um yeah we said we'd link up and have a few kicks together so yeah that'll be good um but yeah basketball game was unreal last night um yeah it was cool to to see it and experience it. You're making the most of Sydney anyway you're seeing as many sports as you can, I'm sure you'll get to a rugby league game yet as well. And maybe even an AFL game if you're going to be here for the next few weeks. To chat just briefly on Julian Paris, you said they're like sponges. What were they picking your brain about? Because we did say off here that yourself and Grace came out here together, obviously, and then you went your separate ways. Like, were they asking you or quizzing you on that at all? Or do they just believe that they're going to be together out here till the end I suppose um, yeah so myself and Grace came out at the end of 2019 so yeah we came out together similar to Paris and, and Julie so um, I don't know I was looking at them and they're very much like what we were like when we first came out um, 
you know, really like, and it's still amazing. I suppose you have to pinch yourself with how grateful we are to be in a professional environment. But um, they're just loving the professional setup, um, getting to grips with the game, trying to get out, practicing as much as they can, and like they're in the club nearly every day as well. So I suppose that's nearly I never nearly I suppose every Irish that come out because it's so new to them, so foreign to them, to play a professional sport to have all the resources and facilities at your doorstep. It's class, but um, I think we really thrive off that. But um, just chatting to them. Yeah, it was just, they really reminded, I suppose, uh, me of myself and Grace when we first started. And um, when we played the Swans, actually, in the finals this year, uh, myself and Paris were kind of marking each other a bit or tagging each other. Um, so I was on the wing and, and Paris was there, so we were having a bit of banter. <laughs> um, so I suppose, yeah, she was picking, like, just asking loads of questions about the wing and, um, yeah, stuff like that, which is which is cool. But, yeah, they're doing really well, like, owning one season under their belt and they're flying and they're really eager to learn, so... No doubt they'll, they'll keep on progressing. When you reflect back on yourself in 2019 towards the athlete you are now in the AFLW, is your understanding of the game completely different to what it was back then? Like, And would you have, maybe you did have some mentor next to you and were you grateful to have them there to bounce things off? Maybe Cora, I suppose, had been here already. Yeah. It, well, she took to the game like a duck to water, I yeah, suppose. So. Did. Um, so, yeah, we, we moved out at the end of 2019. So I suppose a few of the male ones that went ahead of us were, were Sarah and Cora. So we kind of seen how well they got on, how well they adapted to the sport. And um, when the opportunity came, like we jumped at it. So it was really nice, I suppose, having Grace there with me and we were both learning at the same time. So we were both clueless, to be honest. Like we hadn't really heard of AFW until Cora and Sarah went out, really. Um, so we'd watched, you know, the odd game. Um but it was great to have, I suppose, Grace to practice skills with constantly. Um, there was two people with West Coast, Adam Selwood and Luke Dwyer, the coach and manager. They were onto us all the time. They were doing one-on-one skills with us all of the time as well. So they knew we were eager to learn. Um, and that helped us so much, I suppose, coming across Sindon's Cross Vision. But like you're practicing at home before you move out and you think you're doing the right things and like you are way off the mark. So it wasn't until we actually got out there, got stuck into training made mistakes, learned from them and just practiced all the time. Um, and that's where you kind of, you learn and you get better and improve. But yeah, it's, uh, it was definitely a learning curve. Um, and when I look back and reflect back to 2019, yeah, I suppose you don't really realise how much you're kind of learning and things come instinctive um, over time. But it's been a really cool journey. And I suppose the, the move over to the Crows as well has been another step up and to be around some of them athletes um, who have experienced, um, I suppose, winning grand finals and everything, is it's incredible and something I definitely want to experience. Lots of skills, steep learning curve. Do you feel comfortable yet? Um, I think it's it's always, you know, it's not going to come 100% natural like Gaelic is. Um, and there's definitely a, mo- a lot more thought that I'd have to put into it more so than Gaelic, but... I think just through practice and repetition and, you know, watching vision, going through the skills, going through all the structures, um, it's definitely coming a lot easier now than it did at the start. Um, and then when you have, like, the likes of some of the coaches and the girls to, to learn from and just be picking their brain and, like, they think in such a different way to you and, um, yeah, just even just talking about the different, like, structures and the terminology of the game, you do get used to it. I know when we first moved out, like, the terminology alone um, was so different, so even getting used to the lingo and all that um, was a big, you know, learning curve. Um, so, yeah, it's it's definitely a bit different, but I think every day is a learning day and you just keep learning. 
So that's very hard to do, I suppose, when you're away from the game in the off season is the terminology, the structures, watching games, technical patterns or technical. You can work on technical skills, but tactical skills are harder to work on. Obviously, you had a great year last year. Off season comes around and most athletes in the off season have real high hopes of saying, okay, I've been neglecting this aspect of my game for so long. I want to work on something. Yeah. Has there been a conscious focus for you over the off season on something that you wanted to work on? And are you open to sharing what it is and what you've done to try to work on it? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. There's always something to work on. And I think, you know, it could change from week to week. But um, yeah, something I'd like to work on is I suppose compete in the air. Um, something I suppose you don't do with Gaelic is like just that pushing off the ball. So getting my body work right. Depends who you are. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> I know I've been known to be a bit rough back in Gaelic, so actually, yeah, probably shouldn't be doing it, but I do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the body work, I suppose, and just getting in the right positions to tackle, I suppose. You're not used to that shove when you go up to, to go up for a high ball. So um, body work is something, and then the tackle technique too. So um, I think when you're running at speed and you go to tackle someone, you have to be very careful as to how you bring them to ground. So um, getting that tackle technique. We have a tackling coach, Waz, who he's incredible. So as soon as I get back, I'll be in the gym with him. Um, Doing, doing extra sessions with him. When the two of you go home, you and Grace, for Christmas, do you work on body work and tackle tech or do you just take full break? Uh, a little bit. Um, I do the opposite with Darak. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a small bit with Grace. Like we're always practicing skills. She's actually coming up here next weekend for um, a long weekend. So that'll be nice. But yeah, we'll get out and practice a bit of skills. We'll probably give each other an out shove as well. So um, no, that'll be really exciting and you know, obviously missing her, I suppose I was with her for three seasons over in West Coast. So you definitely, you know, miss her, I suppose, by your side or someone to vent to or someone just to um to have that feels like home. So it's been really nice to have Dara out here. Um so yeah, we definitely do practice a good bit um of tackling and stuff. Um but yeah, we'll get out and have a kick next weekend as well. You've obviously spent loads of time together and you're obviously very close. Do you think you'd be the athlete that you are now if you didn't have Grace there with you? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think we're both really competitive. Um, and like growing up, we always like, you know, we're feeding off each other's competitive energy, I suppose. And that makes ourselves better, I guess. Um, but like, it was just so good having her to come out with that first year. Um, someone just to practice with. Um, so I don't know if I'd be the athlete if uh, I didn't have Grace. So um, thankful for her, I suppose, in that way. But um, uh, yeah, hopefully we get playing against each other this year and we can um, get up against each other and see how that goes. She's with St Kilda, so um, yeah, suppose there's only 11 games in the season, um, there's 18 teams, so hopefully, like, it just depends who you get playing against, but yeah, hopefully the fixtures line out that we do get playing against each other. How strange is it when you come up against either Grace or one of your former Mayo teammates out here? Yeah. Like, are you very much kind of, there's a, there's a famous video of, Gary Neville and Phil Neville, captain for Manchester United and Everton in the tunnel before they played each other. <laughs> the two lads, a year between them maybe, they don't even look at each other. Like, is it very much that? Or do you go for coffee before the game? Or do you just try and forget the face of the person that you're playing against? Yeah, um, we actually, like generally, I suppose if you're travelling to Melbourne or if they're travelling down to Adelaide, if you get in, I suppose, early enough the day before, we might go for a coffee or catch up. Um, done that with a lot of the girls this year. It's, I've given Rachel Cairns as well and um, met up with 
Clara and Cara and Eve McLaughlin as well before the Gold Coast game. And um, yeah, it is nice to do that because like you're over in, in a foreign country playing a foreign sport that none of us played a couple of years ago or a few years ago. And uh, it is nice to get that, I suppose, touch of home. Um, at the end of the day, you're, you're you're just playing a sport. I suppose it's mad you're chasing a ball and trying to score. Um, but it is nice to to touch up with them and see how they're getting on with the game. And um, you know, everyone's story is so different. And yeah, it's like and all the Irish have gone on so well out here. So it's it's really great to see like I suppose the pathway that the FLW have made for so many athletes, but so many Irish that have came out and and done so well out here too. So um, yeah, it definitely is nice to see the Irish. I think you know we always obviously embrace after the game. Um. And then when you're lining up against like even Paris, like at the end of the season, I didn't know her that well uh, beforehand, but um, it's just funny having a bit of banter and, you know, even lining up against um, some of the old girls at home is, is definitely weird when you're usually on the same team as them. So, um, yeah, it's different, but it's cool. If you're playing them in a club game at home, there might be a chance of a bit of verbals on the pitch. Is there ever a bit of verbals on the pitch? Is that what you're referring to with banter? Um and are you one to get involved in that if it's going on or are you just very much you'll ignore it? Um, you can I call anybody it's... out that you want as well. <laughs> <laughs> My press stuff here on the book. I'm joking. Um, yeah, so I think when you're playing against people you know, like there's a bit of banter. You know, there's always going to be a bit of slagging here and there but like after, usually if it's someone I don't know I just don't I don't get involved. Um, yeah, it's funny. It's just, I don't know, I kind of, sometimes the girls laugh at me like I don't even see it going on. Sometimes I'm just like looking at the ball or where to be. Um, I think with AFL, there's just so much to think about um, and so many structures and where to stand and all that kind of stuff. But definitely is a lot more of sledging, as they call it here, um, than there would be at home. Um, and even like in the crowd as well, like, you know, if you're going for a shot or a set shot, like there's so much sledging from the, the crowd. <laughs> so, yeah, that's definitely different. But you try and block it out, I suppose. Was that a hard one to block out in, say, your first couple of seasons? And do you think, like, now you're good at just focusing on task and just the blinkers are on? Yeah, um, I don't know. I think when the game is on, I always, I don't even hear the crowd sometimes. There could be, like, I don't know, 10,000 in the game and I might actually hear them until, like, there's a stoppage in play. Um, so I think I'm okay, but then there's the odd time that you do hear. Um, but, yeah, you're just so used to it now, I suppose, at this stage and you just have to kind of stay in the zone and keep going, I guess. Last year you picked up the, well, you got a spot in the Australian, all Australian team of the year, which is obviously massive. And like you had a stellar year. There was a couple of really good highlights in there as well. Why do you think it came together like that? Or was it something that came cumulatively over the years? Um. Yeah, I think so. I moved to the Crows two years ago. So I've had two seasons there. And my first season was tough enough because I picked up the shoulder injury um, and played through the season where was it, yeah. popping out for fun really <laughs> nice. um, so I came to the end of the season and decided yeah I needed surgery so that was last Christmas and then I think after that really I just decided to you know not dwell on it too much but just you know set my goals and I think when I got back I was just so grateful to be back out on the pitch that like I worked so hard to get the, all the things right I suppose and although I couldn't train at the start or do the physicality you know I was watching vision and doing skills and putting in the time with coaches and um, yeah I suppose it made me think of things in a different way I think um, you know I was like how can I be the best I suppose winger for the team and what are two or three things that I can focus on and if I'm doing those two three, two or three things right then 
you know, I can't dwell on anything else. So it's very much just, you know, being in the present moment, um, being grateful to be out there on the field. Like there's so many injuries that are picked up in the FLW. And, you know, when it's your time to play and you're fit and healthy, it's like just go hell for leather and go for it. But we had amazing support around us, amazing coaches. And then like the experience of the girls around me, like just learning from them and asking them questions and asking them what it was like to be in a grand final, to win a grand final. I think you just thrive off their excitement when they talk about that. And then, um, yeah, so I suppose I think it was just a. I actually believe it was like just being injured in the first year and then coming back just so excited to, to be back out there again and um and be around everyone and yeah you kind of learn how your teammates play as well I suppose in my second year with the Crows I knew more about my teammates knew how like Nafi who's a left footer to pass to her on her left so she can swing around you know some of the girls are faster kicking into space for them and you learn more about the team that way so uh, just I suppose gelling with the girls as well and yeah it was just a really fun season I don't think like we lost to North Melbourne in the, the prelim and that was on the Sunday and then we flew back to Adelaide that night and I don't think I really thought about it. We flew back to Melbourne again then for the, the awards the next day and I don't think it really sunk in because I was so, I suppose, upset about the result the night before. So, um, yeah, like I'm very grateful for the award but um, hopefully we go a step further and get to the, the grand final next year. It's a nice milestone all the same even though it's an individual one like and you've touched on there mostly your teammates even when I've asked you about like what did you do differently but a lot of what you've just said is about staying in the present albeit picking up little intricate details about your teammates and about the sport throughout your previous season but staying in the present is a hard thing to do so like how do you improve on that this season if you even can or do you just try and do exactly what you did last season yeah I think you know things change all the time so being able to adapt is really important um you know we'll have four or five new girls come in we'll have an Irish girl join us Amy Boyle Carr from Donegal and like I'm just really excited to see what they can bring and they'll bring a new life lease of life to the group but it's also having that yeah the mix of of the experienced and the new players come in um, I think to build on everything that was done from last year, not to change too much, because when something's working, you know, you don't have, you don't want to change it too much. But obviously, we need to grow on that and get better as well, um, to to get past the next final hurdle, I guess. But I think for me, it's just yeah, being real present. Um, sometimes you know, if there's something in my head, I, I tend to dwell on it in the past, maybe. Um, so it's just you know, it's over. Next ball, like just keep looking to the present moment, and then you know, sometimes it's it might be tapping your teammate on the shoulder to get you back into the present moment just something phys- like physically outside of you um, so yeah I think that's just something that works for me it's just something outside of me and to get me out of my head and it could be just shouting to one of the girls to I don't know run run and pick up that player or uh, just to keep going um, Is that a new thing? Is that something you added last year to your game or is it something you've always done? Yeah I think so actually last year in the off season I'd done a course on uh, all around mindset really psychology um, around sport and I honestly think that helped me so much with I suppose bouncing back after the injury um, but just playing in the present moment and I've probably visualised a lot as well before games It was an L- NLP course wasn't it? Yeah it was actually Yeah. yeah. Did Sarah tell you to do it? Uh, no actually but she, she did do an NLP yeah. course Yeah, and Sarah would be the woman to chat about this because you can have very interesting conversations with Sarah <laughs> she'd tell you all about it um, but yeah, it just, it made me think in a different way, I guess, and the importance of 
been in the present moment of visualization of, um, I suppose we're Irish as well. So we uh, always tend to dwell on our negatives and, you know, the things that go wrong in games. And, um, you know, it's it's important to know what your two or three strengths are as well and what you bring to the team because everyone has their strengths and that's what makes um, the team succeed, I guess. So always coming back to that and just believing in the work that you've done as well. And um, yeah, I think that mindset... What are your two or three strengths? <laughs> we start with uh, the things that need work on. <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose speed and athleticism, I guess. And I think a lot of Irish bring that to the game and that's why a lot of the AFLW... Um, teams and what they look for in the Irish um, so I suppose yeah that'd be probably my strengths with the Crows and then um, yeah the girls would probably you know have the footy brain as well so I like to pick their brain and yeah soak up the knowledge that they have The confidence comes from the preparation as you said there as well and that course was something different that you added to your toolbox I suppose mm-hmm. Was there anything else that you did differently in terms of preparation last year? Because it's a pretty short season. Yeah. So well, like the changes you can make game to game are pretty minimal. Um, it goes like that. So was there anything you changed last year as opposed to the year before? Other than your shoulder not popping out every 10 minutes. <laughs> that definitely helped. <laughs> um, I think just because I knew the girls a bit more as well, knew the environment, knew the staff. Um knew them that bit more. I was more comfortable in the group, I guess. And Yvonne Bonner was out last year as well, the other Irish girl. Um, she was a phenomenal athlete. Like, she went home, she played with the Giants for two years. She went home during COVID, had breached her child and came back and got picked up by the Crows. And she could keep going for another 10 years. Like, she's not slowing down. But um, she did retire. And um, yeah, she's just, she was incredible. And it was great to have her out there as well. Um. But yeah, nothing really that I changed too much, to be honest, other than staying in the present moment um, staying connected with the girls. Um, and yeah, I do reckon probably the mindset course helped me a little bit as well um, in terms of my performance on and off the field. And yeah. So if you were to give advice to the younger generation of players coming over now, outside of maybe suggesting going and working on their sports psychology and their mindset, would you tell them, as frustrating as it might be for them, to just give it time and it will happen as long as you do your best to stay in the present moment, work on your preparation so that you're confident stepping on the field and then kind of just trust yourself to do it? Yeah, I think like we're nearly afraid to make mistakes and I think you have to be vulnerable to don't be afraid to make the mistakes um, and that's where you'll actually learn the most and I know as cliche as that sounds, like it actually is, you need to be thrown into it and then just mess up and then you're like okay now I get it and or else watch vision and you'll learn that way as well but yeah I would just say to them keep at it keep persistent keep working hard and like just keep believing in yourself Um, because yeah the time will come where you know you'll have your, your chance and just take it yeah It seems like you've benefited from being very inquisitive though as well like it sounds like you ask a lot of questions is that something you'd suggest they do immediately when they arrive? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Especially when you're coming into a foreign sport, oh, I'd say I'd everyone's head wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> I asked so many questions, and Grace was the same when we were in West Coast. But even then, you come across to the Crows, and you think it's going to be similar enough. It's completely different because you have to buy into their team structures. You have to buy into the completely different like values, everything. Um, so I asked so much questions, and then even last year, like I couldn't 
do just say the tackling or the physicality training after the shoulder. So I was in doing vision with our skills coach and I had so many questions and um, but they love it. And like, you know, it's just so good to have people there 24 seven. You can just have access to all the resources, all the staff that are there to make you better. Um, but yeah, you have to ask questions and that's is that really different learn. to home. It is like, I think, you know, the professionalism is there at home, like the girls work so hard and they train professionally and like they have the right mindset and they're like, I actually reckon like Irish athletes are the most resilient, like, you know, you just, you keep going through anything. But it's just, it's not professional and the resources just aren't there. Um, maybe in time it will get more, like it is getting more and more professional, but it's just, um, it's an amateur sport. So I think it's just harder when you have, I suppose, your your job, nine to five job, or I was teaching back at home when I was in Dublin, traveling three hours down to Mayo and you're racing out onto a pitch and then you just don't have the same level or access to facilities, I suppose, that you would. But also sometimes at home, especially in the GAA, you're just expected to know the game plan. And if you ask a question at times to certain coaches, they can be kind of like, I wouldn't say demeaning, but they can be a little bit frustrated that you don't know the answer. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. it sounds like out here, when you ask a question, maybe because you're new to the sport, they're really keen to give you the answer because they know that there's no expectation that you should know because sure, how would you know? Yeah. You didn't know anything until 2019, as you said. That's so true. It's like, um, you know, you're afraid to ask a question at home sometimes. Yeah. And in here, it's like, it's a completely different kind of culture or something. And um, they want you to ask questions because that's, they know you're eager then to learn. So, um, is that the same across the board for all of the athletes or do you think that's a bit of a cheat code for the Irish athletes that come out I definitely do think the Irish I don't know I think they just thrive of the professional environment because we don't have it at home um, so I think we're very eager to learn and we want to know every detail and it's a new sport so there's always questions to ask like I'm still asking so many questions now um, and it'll probably still be like that for the next few years but definitely, I'd say it's an Irish thing. We always want to know every detail and want to be better. We want to know everything yeah, is what you're everything. saying. Too nosy for our own good, aren't we? <laughs> so, a great year last year. Like, you can tell that when you're talking about AFLW, you get really excited. Like, you've got into that team of the year last year. You had, you got to the preliminary final. Obviously, you're potentially one to two steps away from winning the grand final. Is that what really is driving you, do you think, to want to go and get that medal? Or is it just the joy that you get from trying to master a sport that Johnny picked up five years ago? Yeah, I think at the start it was definitely mastering a sport that I didn't know anything about. Um, now it's now that I'm with the Crows and knowing that we've we've reached the prelim twice in a row. Like, I can't wait. Like, I'd love to, yeah, obviously get our hands on a, a Premiership Cup. Um, that's obviously the goal that's driving me at the moment. But um, And then I think when you just hear the girls talking about it, like there's a few of the girls that have won three Premierships with the Crows and the way they talk about each and every one of them, it's like the best thing in the world. Like you can just see the the hunger they want, like they want to get back there again. And um, yeah, that's class. I'd love to be able to experience that. You've said there a number of times that they talk openly about winning premierships and maybe it's because they've been there before so like they can have that confidence because they have the evidence that they're good enough to win it. Was that something that consciously you spoke about as a group over the last two years and does that differ to home? 
in that like maybe with Mayo you don't always talk about winning all Ireland's even though during the 2000s like there's no stronger outfit really like yeah I think actually I think they we don't really talk about the end goal much in season to be honest it's only small conversations I'd have with the girls outside of the the club kind of thing and um, we're very much like just keep the head down and work hard uh, which is similar enough to home actually in that way um, but it's just to be a lot of yeah meetings and chatting about you know different things which is obviously different to home but um, no they yeah, we wouldn't really openly speak about it in the group. I think leading up to it, we we reached the prelim. There was obviously chat about it then when we got to that, like because that was the next step if we won, um, the prelim. But um, now it's very much just kind of take each game as it comes and then kind of keep building on those little wins. And we always aim for if there was ten games to win six of them. And if you win six, you generally make finals six to seven. So it's just kind of ticking them off as they come and then. When you reach the final stage, it's yeah, hoping to to win and get through then to the the next stage. Take each game as they come. I know that's your Irish. Say, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but look, sometimes it's appropriate. Although I'm just interested because I've had a couple of conversations over the last couple of years, and I've noticed that athletes in different counties have different language that they use around what their goals are, what they want to achieve and the likelihood that they will do so. Um, and I just wanted to pick your brain on it. So you've done that NLP course and you talk about obviously in your smaller groups going and winning a premiership and you're pretty likely to get there. Like a kick of the game in it last year in the preliminary final, like you're there or thereabouts, but I've been speaking to athletes at home in different counties and I can say confidently because it's happened last year in the middle of the season I was speaking to Keen Murphy from Thomas Davis and I we were having a conversation about holidays or something and just a normal conversation probably about April I'd say Dublin not going great they're, well they're in division two not that much hope of them and just a throwaway comment from him, he said, oh, I'll probably go on a holiday this week after we win the All-Ireland. And I was like, all right, okay, I like the confidence. And then I was speaking with GA athletes in a, num- a couple of other counties. And one was talking about the All-Ireland series as well in a f- heavily fancied outfit to go far as well. And they were speaking about if they got knocked out in the quarterfinal, they'd go on holidays for this amount of time. If they got knocked out in the semifinal, they'd go out or on holidays for this amount of time. And if they got to the final, they'd take this amount of time off. And another one who was very recently talking about the league and saying, oh, well, look, hopefully we can win a game and then we won't get relegated in a different county. And it just got me thinking, if I was to say to any of those Dublin players, uh, or broach that conversation as in oh if you get knocked out in the quarterfinal uh, you can take this amount of time off they'd probably tell me to go F myself do you think there's a bit of self-fulfilling prophecy in that in the way that you talk about yourself as a group and what you believe of yourself and it actually happening yeah 100% I think um, like yeah it is kind of like that you, you set goals I suppose for the start of the year and you know, what do you want to achieve as a group? But the more you tell yourself you can't do something, well, the more chance and likelihood that that's going to happen. So I think you have to train your mind to be like, you know, train your mind first and 
train your body, I guess, but train your mind to think that you actually, you can achieve it. And when you completely focus on something and dial in on something, you can actually, you can achieve anything really. Um, but you need everyone on the same, same pimp sheet. So, um, yeah, it's making sure you get, you know, everyone, everyone's like, you've got different personalities on the team, but to get everyone to gel together. And I think like you look at Dublin, who are such a successful team, but they, if you look from the outside in, they look like a great team and they look like they have a great culture. Looks like they get on so well and they gel well together. But I can guarantee you they all believe that they can win. So like it's, you know, I think it's that belief. You really need to believe that you can win as a group and um, be successful, yeah. So then the last time you played with Mayo, I think was 2021. If you, Grace, Sarah and Rachel were to go home and play a season would you do anything differently now than what you did in the past playing for yeah yeah I reckon we probably you know always felt we could get there but I don't know if we could fully believe that we could you know that kind of way so oh it'd be class to go back and just get uh, all the Mayo girls back (laughs) um it's just core hour retirement yeah get her back out and Aileen Gilroy as well um but yeah it's just I suppose now with the, the 12 month contracts rolling around it's it's getting much harder to be able to do the both um, but yeah again comes down to that like that mindset has, has a huge part to play in it and you really have to believe that you can win it to, to get there um, but yeah So would you change anything would if you went back now and you did have the opportunity to play for Mayo that you didn't do last time around is it just openly talking about going and doing it rather than saying oh we can do it Yeah I think you just have to get the girls together and create that, um, you know, set our goals as a group, um, get the team together, get us all making sure that we're all chasing the same thing uh, and really believe in that as well. So um, I think there is a great culture there with the Mayo ladies at the moment. Um, and like a lot of young girls that have come through as well are, are doing so well. But um, yeah, if I was to go back, I would probably just, you know, sit down with everyone. I think they're so good here at like, building things from the ground up um, and because it's professional they have the staff and they have the time to do that um, but it's you know making sure that you have everyone working towards the same goal I guess and, and really like you, like everyone truly believes that I guess Is there any element of you that looks at like Jennifer with a bit of envy? Yeah. Like, no, oh, no, was... I know you'd be delighted for her but when you're watching that are you almost a little bit jealous that she gets to win two premierships, they said, in, in a year. That was unbelievable. Um, for her to do what she did, I think she came out two weeks before the season started. Um, and after winning, coming off the back of winning All-Ireland with Dublin, and then I remember watching it in the middle of the night, it was like two o'clock in the morning here or something, and she had a great game. And then two weeks later, she was out here training with Brisbane, and it was new to her, her first year. And then to win a grand, like make it into the team then, um, and win a grand final it was you know it's class and you know full credit to her she worked so hard and to have that's your dream like to win a, an all-ireland final with your county and to win a grand final um with your club out here is class so no that's unbelievable and obviously that's something i'd love to achieve with mayo um but i think you know for me if i think i'd have to full-heartedly you know invest in one um and give it all and I suppose like you can't really do that at the moment I think you could you could probably like some girls do it where and I think the Mackins are doing it at the moment where they're going home and playing with their county and then they're coming out late and then that arrangement made with their clubs but um, yeah I've committed to, to being out here so um, yeah I can't wait, back, wait to get back to the girls now and get training with them
that would probably be quite difficult to do because you're that like I know the sports are similar but you're adapting to one sport and one style of language and one style of play and then you come out and you're playing a totally different sport the rest of the year like oh, it's yeah. like being a dual player but on steroids like it's two completely different rule sets like yeah. how do you even navigate that like as an athlete obviously what Jennifer did was it might never be done again like and she could have just then and there retired if she wanted to have been happy with <laughs> be happy it. On that. But knowing the two groups that she's involved in, she's probably not going to be happy with that. They're probably going in for it again. So like, yeah, I think you you taste that and you want more then as well. So um, no doubt she'll be back even like hungrier again this year. And I think like you know when you've been there before, it's really like an expectation to get back there again. Um, see, I'm not sure what her story is with Dublin this year, but I'm you know I'm sure she'd have a great year again with Brisbane. Do you find it different out here in terms of obviously with the draft, like it's potentially a little bit more open in terms of every group probably has that belief that they can go and win it. Is that different to back home? You've had multiple different winners over the last, say, five years. And even if you perform poorly, you get best pick then the next time around like so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a little bit more of an even playing field yeah it is it's actually getting a lot more even now like even the the four new expansion teams that well they've been in the competition two years now but for the Swans to get to the finals last year was incredible and it just shows like their program's obviously incredible and they're doing something right um, but like it's definitely becoming more even now and like you can't pick the top few teams anymore you know anyone could be in the finals so and like a lot of the girls, like even St Kilda, like Grace, they were just knocked out by point difference this year of getting through to the final. So there's a lot of teams there that are knocking at the door and they're only going to get better. Um, so it actually is great for the game that the game is always growing um, and it's becoming a lot more even. Yeah. So there's a couple of girls that have gone back, obviously, as you said, the Mackens and then Jennifer last year playing the end of her season and coming out. Do you think there is a future in which the GAA and or the LGFA and the well you don't know what to say these days because it's closer to being amalgamation but it and the AFLW can coexist kind of and complement each other because I know that there were some very strong opinions with so many strong Gaelic footballers coming out initially believing that the AFLW may have been detracting from the sport at home even though like how can you harbour any ill will towards the girls coming out like you're as you just said you're living as a professional athlete yeah at home you're having to do a teaching job and then be afraid of asking a question around the game plan because you've been doing lesson plans all week so you haven't (laughs) had a chance to look a huddle yeah um yeah good point I think like it obviously would be the best of both worlds if that could happen but now with these new contracts that are 12 months it's it nearly is it's a full-time job like really and it's all year round so um, like a lot of girls are doing like little bits of work or part-time work and stuff but um, just say come March now a lot of clubs will be fully back training or into March um, and even like a lot of the teams are already back now as well so it's really hard to do um, I don't know if there'll ever be an agreement I think I can just see the FLW keep on growing and we'll probably have more games um, in years to come as well so I'd love to see it happen but I'm not quite sure um, but yeah like it's really hard to know and it is great as you touched on there like um, you don't know what to call it between LGFA, GAA like that'll be a huge huge step for 
the GAA when we have the three of them working together and um, there'll be hopefully by t- is it 2027 I think they'll be combined so. ask Mary McAuley she yeah, knows the be, story <laughs> yeah. that'll be a huge step for the GAA at home so your attendance last year was second biggest in the comp and grew the most out of everybody in the comp the AFLW is obviously growing and the AFL are interested in growing the game as are the GAA back home what do you think they get right over here that potentially we could learn from back home in how we grow our own national games yeah, from a lady so. standpoint? I think when it's, um, I suppose when it's a professional sport, it's it's, it's a lot easier to get um, the crowds out and then just access to TV times and stuff like that. There'd be a lot more um, broadcasted here. So, yeah, I suppose... You know, it's it's really hard to, in that sense, compare when it's an amateur and a professional sport, I guess. Um, but yeah, like it's great to see so many out. Like it's grown all the time. And I think that what they've changed the times of the season as well might be better as well in terms of how many people we've got out. So before we used to play like January, February, March and then it would roll into the mid-season. Whereas we're playing at the back end of their season. So there'll probably be viewers, you know, when the mid-season is finished, they're you know, eager to watch a few of the women's as well and they know it's it's coming around. Um, so I think that's definitely helped. Um, I do think there could be more double headers in both AFL and at home. Um, I think that would definitely grow the game. And I know when we were back at home and we played a couple of double headers with like Dublin and Galway, like we had massive crowds of games and like, you know, it was a family day out for people. Um, and I think that would really entice the big crowd as well. Do you think a double header in terms of a double header between four teams playing in the same say code or would it work where you did a double header of a ladies game and a men's game back home on the same day because that's something that they've done out here obviously is the seasons now don't run at the same time so year season has its own set 12 13 weeks or whatever it is and then the men's season is running now yes at home, the seasons are running pretty much alongside each other. So you could when do there's teams to... playing Saturday and Sunday, there's also men's games on Saturday and Sunday that are attracting potentially more eyes. Well, undoubtedly more eyes and they're getting more coverage in the national media as a result. Mm. Is there a way that you could do double headers in those? Because I know I was listening to the GA Social recently and they were saying that they were having games in Mead and the Mead ladies were playing at one side of Mead on the same day as the Mead men's on the other side and it was like why are we not playing on the same pitch like yeah. it doesn't make any sense something like that like you know it would make a lot more sense for them just to play in the same same ground but it would be great if we could come to that and maybe with the the amalgamation it will um, and the fixtures would be a lot better hopefully and even girls who are doing dual sports like playing camogie and football they won't have to choose between one or the other hopefully that'll be a good bit better too but yeah as you said hopefully it does come to a, a point where they can just play and it's a double header and not you know you don't have to make a decision whether you want to go to the women's game or the men's you can just go to both really and um, that's ideally where it would be great and I think you get a lot more support that way too You tell me if this is a ludicrous suggestion now or if it potentially may work or if there's any issues with it why don't we play many games in the GA on a Friday night Thursday night or a Monday night (laughs) Is it just because people have to go to work the next day so they want to yeah. get a solid sleep? But if that's the argument, then why don't we play on a Friday? Is it because they have to take it? They may have to take a half day from work? 
Yeah, good point. Probably, to be honest. And if people are up in Dublin maybe and travelling down to Mayo, will they get there on time? Um, and then they, do they have to go back up to Dublin again on Thursday night to be at work on Friday morning? Maybe there's that sort of thing. But um, even Friday night games might could be a runner. Um, but again, it might be just that racing down the road or maybe having to take a half day from work to be there. Um, and but I, say it was Connacht Championship or something and you knew you weren't going to have that far to travel, yeah. hopefully. Um, it may work or a provincial championship even like I guess yeah yeah. Um, and as a result the Friday night game you both you play at a neutral venue although known teams back home nobody's going to want to give up home advantage I suppose but the goal should always be to grow the game no and that's what it seems is different over here is obviously everybody wants their own club to go well but all of the decisions made on a national level are made with the growth of or with the goal of growing the game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And it'd be great if it could come to that actually and just, I think, even just try it, see if it works and then if it doesn't, you know, at least they've tried. Um, but I think, yeah, something has to change anyways to, to keep growing the game and um, hopefully it would be great to get to a point where, you know, you have double headers, you have um, more exposure, I suppose, to the ladies game and again, more of a pathway for young girls to see that. Um that they're getting the same amount of people at a game than a men's game and it might never get to that but you know it's something to strive for and I think you may as well try it anyways and give it a go and you just said there earlier that there is a conscious effort being made to have more games in the season like it does seem like you're probably playing half the games if not just one third of the games you play at home does it seem like there's more on the games and then do you miss having that frequency of games at home or is it just because the game is so intense out here? Yeah. You'd only get through 11 to 12 games anyway. I think, yeah, we've had 10 games last season and this year they're pushing for 11 and then there's the finals if you get there as well. Um, It's crazy. When you think at home, like you play so many games between the league, the championship and your club, it's nearly all year round. And then you come out here and, you know, your pre-season's three or four months long. And then there's pre-pre-season as well, which is another two or three months. And then you've only 11 weeks of games, potentially. Um, it's crazy. But I think, yeah, it is actually quite tough on the body, I suppose, to play a game every single weekend in a row because it's a lot more physical. Like, it's um, you pull up a lot sore after a game here than you would at home. But... It's class. I love the consistent games. Um, be class to have way more games. Like to play every team in the league would be unreal. And I think that's obviously the goal, essentially, um, and where they want to go to. But yeah, it's crazy to think that you only play 11 games and then a few finals. Uh, whereas at home, you'd be probably fitting in 30. Definitely. Yeah. So I do miss that, yeah. You have two practice games, I suppose, in pre-season as well. Um, and we might have a few, you know, maybe an in-house game as well. But um, yeah, that'd be it. You miss the games and obviously you just touched on there you go from playing county to club at home. If the club was still going by the time the season ended would you float the idea to your management team out here to see if you could go home and finish off the season? The season. Oh, with that'd, club? Be, that'd be deadly like. <laughs> because, um, but no, it does align. It doesn't align at all. Like It clashes with the season so like we'd finish up just before Christmas and then our club would be finished by then. So, um, yeah, ideally, it'd be great. 
but just have to move the seasons. <laughs> and you just need the club to get to the All Ireland semi finals. Yeah, finals, yeah. come back for it then. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No pressure, girls. No pressure, girls. Um, if you were an athlete that came out here from GAA and you don't really like training, is it unlikely that you're going to succeed? Because you've only got 11 games, max 12 games. Like, it sounds like you absolutely love and thrive in the training in the pre preseason and the preseason. If you're just somebody that likes to play games and then do the bare minimum in training to get by, very yeah. unlikely to succeed, it seems. Yeah, you get caught out pretty easily. Um, I think, yeah, you know, you have access to all these resources, facilities, everything, but it's up to you to apply yourself, I guess. Um, you have to yeah, be willing to work hard. And I think especially if you're coming over and you have no clue the game, um, you definitely have to even work harder as well and ask those questions and, and put in the extra hours and do the extra skills um, and watch loads of vision and you have to yeah fully like apply yourself so I suppose if you don't love that aspect of it like, I love training I love finding out more about the game and I think you grow more love for the game as the years go by because you know you understand what the AFL means to the Australians out here as well so um, it's it's cool and it's it is a huge part of their life like um, but you have to be willing to put in the work yeah definitely and I think you know as they say hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard so um, yeah you definitely have to to put in the hard work so be under no illusions coming out that it's going to be difficult but you're only going to succeed if you go through probably the first couple of years figuring out what it is you are about as an athlete out here because Obviously, you know what you you are about as a footballer back home, but then you come out here and you're a newbie straight away. You don't even know what position you're going to play, probably. Yeah, and it's daunting. It definitely is. Like I remember coming out and I was like, "How am I ever going to get onto this team? What are they doing?" Um, and they like you get your first tackle and you get mauled to the ground. Like, um, but it's not until you just yeah keep practicing. I suppose um, it's tough. Like especially the first year you come out, but it's so enjoyable. Like you have access to everything like it's a professional environment it's great but yeah it is definitely daunting um you just have to put yeah put in that work and um I suppose if you don't know your position like you could be thrown around in, in so many different positions and I think you know that might be tough in your first year as well um but once you kind of nail down a position or one or two positions um just kind of keep working at that and asking the the questions to your coaches it's probably good to play in multiple positions though initially just to actually understand what yeah. everybody's trying to do. Yeah, You've just signed, signed a multiple year contract extension last year? Uh, yeah, just yeah. just gone there now. So you obviously see a future out here for yourself. Do you have any potential goals and ambitions other than to go and get a premiership medal? Um. Yeah, I obviously love playing with the Crows. Um, they're incredible people and such a good environment to be in. So yeah, hopefully um, that all goes well. Um, I think, yeah, to, you know, potentially go down the route with maybe working with athletes or working with teams. Just love the whole, like, I don't know, getting inside someone's mind and, and figuring out um, about the individual and what drives them. And, um, you know, we're all so different, but like what makes the person tick and, um, have a more of a balanced approach I think around life as well because so easily something can go wrong in sport and like your whole focus can just be on sport especially as, as an athlete and like even with the injury for me with the Crows like I found that so tough because my only focus was football and you know it was my first time playing away from Grace I was away from family um, Dara didn't come out for five months so I was I felt very kind of alone if you get me so 
I think I learned through that that you know you need to have a more balanced approach to life and I'd love to be able to work with the kind of athletes to to build that balance around sport and to have different focuses and um, it's not the end of the world I know it's it feels like it's your job and you're there to just play football and um, it can be gone so quickly like as well and you're watching everyone train but to have a focus outside of football I think is just so important and I'd love to be able to work with um, teams or with athletes around that yeah It sounds like you wouldn't hold that perspective now though unless you had went through the injury that you did Yeah and not had anyone out here so in a way if you do end up going down that route will you be kind of grateful for having gone through that experience because you want to prevent others from going through that experience themselves yeah I suppose a little bit too yeah I think you learn through experience as well and um, you know like I look at you know new girls starting off now like even Paris and Julie and it's like you know you really want to get around them and make sure they're really enjoying it and like Amy Boylecar is coming out soon and you want to make sure that these young people are really enjoying the experience too and, and making the most out of the move Um, but yeah you just want the best for everyone and I think when you see people who are in a, a similar boat or Irish people that are coming over um, especially I suppose we might lack that balance a bit more because we're away from family and we're away from friends from home but um, the more time you're out here you, you create more of a balance around football and um, yeah it's really important to, to find your people and find your network and um, yeah build a balance around football Everybody coming out here and everybody that's planned on coming out here or everybody living at home looking at people out here think it's a magic land where it's just sun and sea and it's amazing all the time. Is that the hardest aspect of it, being away from your friends and family? And then obviously if you are an athlete going through those injuries and not having people that you can lean on. And how have you gone about changing that other than they're obviously coming out? Yeah, Um yeah, it's it's class. Like the lifestyle is great here, and I think, you know, it's the lifestyle, like having sun, having, like it all helps. Like training in, in a good environment, good people, facilities, everything. Um, but your people are so important too, and I think, you know, I was so close to Grace, didn't probably even realize that we bounced so much things off each other. Um, and obviously, yeah, having Dara here is incredible. But now that I've got to like. No Adelaide, um, such a good club. Like they would do anything for you, and they'd really care for you as a person as well as the athlete. Um, but yeah, then like they know that I love being around Irish people. So, for example, if we have a game in Melbourne, I'll stay an extra night with my sister when we're there. Um, and they're like, come up, come up to Sydney, enjoy your time, you know, with with some of your Irish friends, like, and then come back, you'll be fully refreshed. Um, they have a really good balance around all of that, and they realise I'm away from home, so. I think that's the way I kind of um, refresh myself and get that balance. Um, and they just go for swims, like, and, you know, go down to the beach, go for coffees with friends. Um, all that, like, is it's a great um, switch off from football, too. What is it about being around Irish people that puts you at ease more so than being around other people, I guess? Yeah, it's funny. It's very, like, you come the other side of the world and you're like, we're the Irish people. <laughs> Um, I yeah, like, you know, they're going through the same thing. Like, you know, Mark Keane for from Cork, he's playing with the Crows as well, and like it's great having him out there as well and, and Quiva. Um, he's doing incredible as well. He's just adapted to the game so well. Um so no, I think it's just we're all very similar. Yeah. You just you find Irish everywhere. <laughs> Big Gahez all over to Australia to live together. And chat about <laughs> nothing other than Ireland. 
that's very different to home, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we'll move on to quick fire questions to finish. First one is proudest achievement to date. Um, it's funny. I actually was reflecting on this during the week when you when you were asking me. Um, probably was making the All Australian team, I suppose, this year. Um, like as a personal achievement, I think I probably didn't really think about it much at the time because as yeah, you know, we'd lost against Melbourne or North Melbourne the night before. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until I probably went home at Christmas and I was like, oh, that was actually, you know, it wasn't a bad year. Um, there was highs and lows. Um, but yeah, I was just, I suppose, happy to come away with that after the injury the year before, I suppose. So yeah, that'd probably be my proudest. I think favorite really athlete. Huh? It's really weird to say that out loud. I know. Well, when I asked you your two to three strengths, you nearly fell out of the chair laughing like you're so uncomfortable. But look, we're out here to grow and get more comfortable, I guess. So it's not a bad thing to be able to talk about things you're proud of and things that you're good at um, because that's going to help you in the next couple of years to go and I wouldn't just say focus on the outcome goal but be the best player that you can be and enjoy your time here as much as you can as well favourite athlete of all time um, going to say well, so many okay I'm going to pick one of my teammates first um, Chelsea Randall she's an incredible leader incredible person and she's just mad as well at the same time uh, but she just really looks out for everyone but is a class footballer um, she's actually a coach of the men's programme as well and just great mindset she's class and then I'm going to pick an Irish athlete then as well I'm going to say Katie McCabe just think she's unreal um, I played soccer with her actually for a year uh, like under 15 Irish team years ago and I just think since then she's just wow, she's incredible I love her mindset and she's not afraid of anything like Definitely not afraid of letting the referee know what's what or any opponents as well, but we absolutely love her for it. Next one is a big one. What's the biggest thing you've learned in the last 12 months? Um, I think you can achieve that if you put your mind to it. Um, don't be afraid of failure and just keep working. And what would you tell your 18-year-old self? If not that. Probably or not, if yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just... Don't be afraid to myself, I think. Yeah, completely believe in yourself and be persistent. Awesome. Thanks a million yeah. for coming on, Neve. <laughs> Thanks very much and cheers for having me.